Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of Tragicomic, a coming-of-age podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ortizio, and here with me today is one of the people that have truly seen me come of age, one of the people that knows most of my secrets, and the guest that will probably have the most shit to say about me, my sister. Julia Ortizio is a smart, prideful, and caring 19-year-old who is studying sociology... I'm 18, bro. (laughs) Oh, fuck, you're right, you are 18. (laughs) Yeah, continue. Julia Ortizio is a smart, prideful, and caring 18-year-old who is studying sociology and issues of, e- of equity and social justice at University College Maastricht, a liberal arts college in Maastricht, Netherlands. That's right, Jay goes to school in the Netherlands, and if that wasn't cool enough, she moved there by herself as a 17-year-old after graduating early from high school. And that's just one more example of her character. Jay is brave, hell-bent on pursuing her passions, and I am truthfully proud of her. Hopefully, she won't shit on me too much in the next hour of this podcast. Jay... How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in Austin and Texas again. Mm-hmm. Slay. When did you come back? Saturday. Landed at like 2 after the, like 17 hours of travel. Mm. So only here for a week. But yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, share with me and with the people what movie you picked for your coming of age movie and why you chose that one. Yeah, I picked Perks of Being a Wallflower. Just because, I don't know, I watched it. I think I didn't even watch it. I remember you guys watching it a long time ago when I was like 10 or something. Less. Yeah, probably. But I watched it during quarantine. And I already kind of knew the story, but I just remember like really loving it, loving the whole storyline and like the plot twist in it. But yeah, it's just one of the movies that I go back to and keep watching. And I just feel like it's a good example of like an alternative high school experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you were saying, First time I watched Person Being a Wallflower was for one of Evan's birthday parties. And I don't even know if you ended up going. because In the theater? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I was, I was nine. You oh, were bro. seven. So I doubt you went. But I remember at nine years old really liking it. And probably just because of it has a great soundtrack. It looks yep. really pretty. And I couldn't really – I definitely did not understand the themes of the movie back then. But – as of now, The Perks Being Wallflower is one of my favorite films of all time. Adapted from the 1999 book written by Stephen Chbosky, Chbosky also directs this 2012 coming-of-age film following a teenager named Charlie who writes to an unnamed friend with these letters chronicling his trials, tribulations, and triumphs as he goes through his freshman year of high school. The film depicts his struggles with, unbeknownst to him, post-traumatic stress disorder as he goes through his journey in high school making new friends. Perks of Being a Wallflower, beautifully shot on 35mm film, tackles themes of family trauma, growing up, and falling in love, and includes the ever-so-nostalgic high school imagery of an awkward high school dance, a freshman's first party, and the painful attempt to connect to the people around you. Although the film is somewhat of a meme now, acting as a defining part of the zillennial Tumblr era, I cannot stress enough how impressive I believe this film is. Tonally, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie, I don't think I've ever seen a coming-of-age movie that is this cohesive. The backdrop of a charming 90s Pittsburgh the HMU of all of the ensemble cast and the charming dialogue between Charlie and his letters, Charlie and his friends and family, and Charlie and his mentor all create for an incredibly specific, nostalgic, and bittersweet feeling that every person that has once been 15 years old can relate to. I would also be remiss not to mention some of the iconic lines of dialogue that I hold so close to my heart. We are infinite. We accept the love we think we deserve. The entire ending monologue are all poetry within themselves. And what I believe to be some of the strongest writing from any coming of genre movie, coming of age movie, followed by Greta Garbig's Lady Bird and Cooper Rife's recent Cha-Cha Real Smooth. If you somehow grew up in the Tumblr era and haven't seen this work of art yet, it's on Hulu. Go give it a watch. 
So I know why you picked this one. You, you seem to just always come back to it. What parts of the movie specifically did you really like? Was it the soundtrack that stood out to you? Was it Charlie? What was it? I don't know. I just think the characters are really likable and relatable, not that I can relate that much. I also remember you playing Come and Eileen in the car on the way to school a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I remembered that being a part of that movie. I don't know. I just think that the story is just good and it's nice to follow Charlie as a lead character because he's just, he's not like a typical high schooler, I yeah. guess. And I don't know, the more deep parts of it and just all that he's been through were interesting to watch. And it's just, it's like a really emotional watch, but also like makes you feel good after, I think. I think the film is also interesting because Charlie isn't like your normal high school protagonist. Mm -hmm. Like he's anxiety ridden, dealing with PTSD. He's truly not great about going out and meeting new people. Um, But I think in some ways you still like, envy him and look up to him because he's friends with the older kids which i think like anybody who's a freshman no matter how stupid it is looks up to the juniors and the seniors like they think they're so cool (laughs) just because they're older um and so i think like even though charlie was having a terrible time throughout the movie throughout the most of the movie these internal struggles external struggles everything i feel like i was still like damn charlie got it good because he's in with sam the popular but not popular beautiful girl and patrick the goofball that everybody knows mm-hmm. and the girl that's getting into harvard and it seems so cool to be like for him to be with the older kids and i think that it was such an interesting angle obviously taken from the book to have him be this really like the worst person to go on this journey and then he f- just falls into the lap of all these great people by chance but i think it's so i think it's so fun yeah it's just the way that he becomes friends with them and stuff too it's just cute because i mean he wasn't the most outgoing he kind of just sat by them at the game mm-hmm. and then immediately was just accepted and like taken under their wing mm-hmm. i think that's just a really cute part of it especially because i love all the other characters too yeah and it's just cute that he became such a part of the friend group and just integrated so well even though he was one of the people that has like the most anxiety and just mm-hmm. hardest time making friends so and i also think like this film does such a great job and really, I don't credit that much to the film, but I credit it to Logan Lerman, who I absolutely love, am yeah. in love with, like the sexiest white man of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. But he, there's a couple scenes that stick out to me. One is the one you're talking about where he like goes up and sits next to Patrick. Yeah. Like you can just tell in his, everything in his body that like it's taking everything in him to go up and sit yeah. there. Like he's so nervous. He's so like anxious. He's so cute. And then the school dance scene where he's like standing on the wall and he like makes his way into the crowd. It's like a hard watch, but it's so nice. Like it's such a good payoff. And I think like, have you ever seen eighth grade? Some of it. Yeah. Some of it. I think that one is similar, but that one is like a hard, hard That one is so cringy. That one is like, that's kind of the purpose, I guess, but yeah. But that one is like similar things where it's like awkward, whatever, but that one is like not fun to see. This one is fun to see. Yeah. I think part of it is just because, Logan Lerman is so cute. Yeah, and you're meant to love him and like yeah. want him to integrate and get the friends and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's cute. But I, I really do think like, and his character, I don't even think it's supposed to be like this oh so super good looking, charming character. But, but he is. He is. He's so cute. Yeah. He so is. And I don't know if that's just because of Logan Lerman or just because the writers have done such a good thing writing that character where we all feel 
a bit like Charlie. Yeah. And that's why we're so attracted to him. I don't know what it is. But whatever they did, I think it's great. Okay. So, obviously, this movie revolves around Charlie's high school experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you graduated early. And your senior year was hybrid due to COVID. Yeah. So, not a normal high school experience. No. So, how would you define your high school years? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Was it what you were expecting when you graduated middle school? Did it match what you thought you'd seen in movies and TV shows? How was it? Well, I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting question to ask me because so many people since I graduated early assume that I had like a bad high school experience or like mm-hmm. I wanted to escape, but that's not really how I felt. I did feel in some ways that I compared myself to like your high school experience a lot because you were the one who was like always going out with friends and you just had a friend group that was just really socially active. Mm-hmm. And then mine wasn't like that. So like I would look up to you in that way and be like, Oh, whenever I get to high school, I'll be driving with my friends all the time, going to hang out. But that just didn't really happen until my senior year, whenever I got my license, even though I'm the youngest one in the friend group, but I still got it first. But mm-hmm. I think it's also interesting because I was just talking about this earlier. <coughs> like, I think I felt really comfortable in myself in high school. I mean, for most of it, but I still really feel like I came into like who I am in, at UCM, like at college. Mm-hmm. So looking back now, I'm like, oh, I wasn't exactly who I was. But at the same time, I still think I look back on high school like really fondly and mm-hmm. I'm still really close friends with a lot of my high school friends. So I think it's just the people that I surround myself with made it a good experience for me. And I was still able to, yeah, like I, my high school experience was so much just focused on IB and academics, which is not what I wanted in a high school experience. But since that was the like click I rolled with, that's kind of what I got. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I did enjoy high school. I think that my experience was probably not like the average American high school experience just because of how like sheltered in IB I was, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. I still had good social life, everything. Yeah. I think what you said was interesting was how like in the moment in high school, you felt like you were like coming into your own self. Like you thought you knew who you were, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really until you got to UCM. But I think that's just the thing. Like I think yeah, it definitely. takes you to leave your house and leave the people that you've been with since you were, I mean, five years old, especially with us going from being in gifted and talented the whole time. We were with the same classmates since we were five years old. Mm -hmm. And it just takes a different experience to really understand that. Because I remember I was real confident in high school. I felt like I knew exactly who I was and everything. And now that like looking back at it, I feel like I was a different person. Yeah. And not that either one is better, but just so many things have changed. And it really took me to leave and to meet new people and different types of people mm-hmm. to really understand that. Yeah. But I also think like my um, more active high school life was also due to the fact that I think my friends had less strict parents. Well, yeah, of course. Than your friends. That's just how it happened. But exactly. At the same time, it's also, it's like half and half because a lot of my friends just were so focused on school and True. like the college process that you didn't really experience that. No, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't the worst. So. I, I think it's so funny because do you remember when I was in eighth grade when they wanted me to be on pentathlon? Yeah. Because the B team though. Because right? I was going to be on the B team yeah. because I finished seventh grade with an 89 average. Mm-hmm. And like all my friends here, they went through all K through 12 without getting a single B, like only A's. Yeah. And like you too, probably. Did yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. And I was a B student. Yeah. Like that's so crazy. I was so like not like. That was like, seventh grade. I mean. 
Even in high school. Oh, yeah. I guess so. I got B's <laughs> and C's in high school, like, on the reg. I don't think I... I did not. I don't know if I ever got an A in math in high school. Really? I mean, geometry, algebra 2, pre-cal. Were you in IB, math? I was in pre-IB geometry. I was in pre-IB algebra 2, and I could not do it. I could not figure it out, so I dropped down to AP. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even take any of the IB math because I graduated early, so then I got to do dual credit, which was just, like, yeah. fractions. So Yeah. I took pre-cal, and, like, I just didn't get it. Like, I just... D- unit circles? Did you ever have to do that? No. Oh. I can't do math at all, though. Fuck a unit circle. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think it's so funny, because... I don't know, like, because it's Europe and your school is way different than mine. Yeah. But, like, my friends here are, like, so smart. We're, like, Kennedy had never gotten a B until college. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey has never gotten anything below an A plus in his life, even in college. Bruh. Like, he has a 4.0 here and never anything, like, like think of, like, Zachary Wynn. Yeah. Like, he probably had, like, I don't think he ever got below a 97 in any class ever. Probably not. And no. that's like how, like, some of my friends are here. Ron said that he got his first B in sophomore year and he cried. Of high school or here? Of college. He cried. Aww. He cried. <laughs> and like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's so different. But I really don't. I never saw you as like. Definitely like invested in it, but I didn't see you as emotional about it. About grades? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I think compared to my friends because your friends were but it's also just because like their parents and stuff so if they True. got a bad grade they would like get punished for it i also just i don't think i even put in that much effort i'm gonna be honest like i mm-hmm. i think i'm just like blessed to naturally be able to just do my work efficiently and mm-hmm. just like know that i'm gonna get good grades anyways which sounds like cocky but i kind of just did it i mean i think actually freshman year i was like super kind of obsessed with grades because mm. it was like the first year of IB, and yeah. I like decided that I was like, with all the college talk that goes on in our household, yeah, I was like, I have to like start doing stuff, and then I kind of fell into something where I was obsessed with it. But then sophomore year, I was just like, nah. Yeah, and also your freshman year was my junior year, so that yeah. was besides Evan. Yeah, besides that was Evan's like right year, when you were talking about college. That was the peak of college yeah. talk. And there's not a day that goes by even now that we don't talk about college with mom. Of course, literally all the time. Okay, but talking about college, I, I obviously you've seen Parks and Wallflower, so you heard Sam and Patrick's anecdotes about college yeah. and plenty of others from movies that focus on American college. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are some of the biggest differences you've noticed between your school and your friends' universities? And do you yearn for anything that's the American college experience? Yeah, 100%. It's like mm-hmm. all the time, anytime I come here specifically, I'm just like, damn, I wish I could have something like this because it's just... The vibes of college here, it's just everyone lives in a dorm or I guess not everyone, but it's the Close. same campus. Yeah. Everyone's just like walking around campus. It just feels like a college town and just even like just college life here, I guess, in terms of like the party scene, just the social scene, really. Yeah. I think it's so different here because everyone comes to college and then just makes like a huge amount of friends. And my school is smaller and it's just since it's not like a campus whenever people go to class they kind of just go home after so yeah. it's almost like commuter mm-hmm. because we don't have a campus but, but it's not even labeled as commuter that's just how it yeah, is that's just, yeah that's just we don't have housing at all mm-hmm. but at the same time it's my city does feel like a campus in itself because the population is like 120,000 but like 30,000 of those people are all college students so when you walk yeah. around it's always just people Kids. my age but yeah. <sighs> The American college experience is just something I'll never get to have. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, there's not a day that I'm like wishing that I stayed in the U.S. But of course, like whenever my friends, since they started this year at schools and stuff, like seeing their like even their orientation weeks and stuff, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, because I had like one orientation activity and well, more than me. Well, true. You're just yeah. online, right? Yeah, I had nothing. Mine was like half online, but just seeing people be in like these also like null and R and like ABSA. Yeah, Asian Business yeah. Association. So like those things seem cool. I mean, we do have like committees at mm-hmm. UCM where there's like more club based things, but I think it's just the vibe of like living on campus and having everyone close. Like I, oh my God, I would pay so much money to have the dorm experience of like yeah. just being able to go down a hall and knock on your friend's door at or any just time. just walk in. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy because I mean, my closest friends live, like my closest friend there lives 12 minute bike ride away but i literally been to her place like three times because it's uphill so i don't bike but it just takes a lot more effort to see your friends because you have to go through this whole planning process of like oh like when do you want to see each other and that's Mm -hmm. just not my vibe at all because i'm just like spontaneous i just want to like yo do you want to hang out right now and i think so many of my friends get that experience that i'll never get but i know and it's crazy because like i've debated living in north campus because it's way cheaper and you can have a house but then i've thought the same thing of like uh but then Instead of a couple minute walk away, you're like a couple minute drive away. And I don't want to yeah, have to plan Yeah, drive things. is crazy. I just want to hang out. But like that's everything for you. Yeah. But I guess, I think, I guess the call, or at least your college, I'm not, are most European colleges all like that? Like there aren't yeah. big dorms? Yeah. There's like no dorms in Europe basically at all. I know one other school that I applied to in the Netherlands had dorms on campus, but it was like only for first years. But yeah, it's all just everyone has their own rooms or apartments mm-hmm. around the city. And I mean, luckily, my city is small, so it's still easy. I've yeah. never been more than like a 10 minute bike ride away from anyone or even like 20 minute walk, probably. But mm. yeah, in other cities, it's probably like taking metro for like 40 minutes, you know? Oh, fuck that. That'd but be I, terrible. I wonder if because of that, do you think the European education system lends itself to having smaller social circles than American? Yeah. Because you, can, you can't see these people as easy. And it's so interesting because I also like follow this girl on TikTok who moved to London for sco- for college. But like one of the things that she noticed is that it's so you feel like such an adult because you have to plan. If you want to see your friends, it's like, oh, do you want to get dinner on this day? It's yeah. like such a process. And I've kind of found ways around that just by like my school is one building. So we have one campus mm-hmm. that's like smaller than the math building of Garland High School. But we just me and my friends just like learn to just stay at school for like the entire day and then we get to see all of our friends just come into the common room and just Mm -hmm. that's kind of the way around it but other than that it's literally planning like specific days to see people what you want to do and that's just a lot of work yeah i mean yeah my friend dalton he his family's from austin and so they didn't want to pay for him to buy an apartment when he's like a 15 minute drive away yeah and so he will just come and then stay on campus until like late and then follows like somebody home, hang out with them until like yeah. 10. He'll just kind of like leech has a negative connotation, but just like, and mooch does as well. There's yeah. like mooch around until he has to go home because then you go home and it's done. Like you're just by yourself. No, that's real. And I live yeah. alone. So yeah, it's exactly. Like, I think my first semester was kind of bad in that sense because I don't know, whenever you're not like super comfortable to school now, I just like kind of walk around like I own the place. I don't yeah. know. Being a second year there's only three years so it feels like I'm like an upperclassman but Mm -hmm. my first year whenever I wasn't comfortable just like being in the common room or being around like the entirety of my school I would kind of just go to class like 10 minutes before class started and then leave right after and go home alone for the rest of the day and that that sucked and it was not 
sustainable for the mental health. But Mm -hmm. I think once I started getting friends who we all just kind of decided to like study at UCM or just be together at school for longer, then it changed. Yeah. I mean, this is way different for me, obviously, but like I don't go home in the day anymore. Me neither. No. Like I wake up, I get ready, I go to campus and I don't come home until I'm done with my last class or I'm done with all my homework yeah. or, I, or I physically can't wait to eat dinner mm-hmm. any longer. So um, <laughs> and a lot of time it's just because I have a bunch of shit to do. So I'm just like doing work. But other times I'll just like kind of sit in moody and then people will just walk by. And that's like my, yes, that's exactly. one of my favorite parts of college Me too. is just like running into people because you're in like the same spaces. Yeah. And it's like, we'll talk about like either nothing or something serious for five minutes or an hour. Yeah. Like there'll be sometimes where like, I really need to do work, but then someone will come up and talk to me. And then I realize like, fuck 45 minutes went by. Now I have class in 10 minutes and I didn't do anything. That's for real. That's, that's fun. That's my favorite thing because exactly. it's the best. I say, I mean, my school's also tiny, so it's so all really my friends the have people. the class. Like we all have class the exact same days, the same times. Mm-hmm. And if I stay there long enough, I'll just get like the entirety of my friend group and I'll, I'll be sitting there studying. There's been so many days where like I sit there and study someone will come up to you for an hour Mm -hmm. someone i mean this past like two weeks i've just been in the common room for like six hours minimum just talking to people for so long and it's like my favorite thing ever because yeah at some points i'll just be with like my friends from this side my friends from this side and everyone will just you know group together Mm -hmm. and just like super long weird conversations for so long but yeah i do the same thing like i go to class i basically have class like at 11 every day 11 to 1 but then i have nothing for the rest of the day Mm. most days i don't end up going home to like eight or nine honestly yeah Cause why would you then you go home and you're bored yeah yeah even if i do something at night i just i like seeing all the people mm-hmm. except for like not the ones i plan to see i guess what's well, funny because whenever you went to school i was going into my sophomore year of college and so i still had a bunch of like core classes yeah and so my classes were all spread out throughout campus and so mm-hmm. campus felt so big because yeah. like i would see all these people there's forty thousand undergraduates at my school yeah. more than your city has for real. um and so i would see so many different people and i was like damn like I wonder what it would be like to go to a school like yours where, like, really, it's, like, smaller than Garland. Like, you see yeah. the same people all My the time. My school is smaller than, like, one grade at Garland almost. Well, it's 750, so it's a little yeah. bit bigger than one year. But Nothing. Yeah. But then this year, now that I'm in upper division, this semester, I don't have a single class that's not in Moody. So Damn. three buildings that are all connected, I just live there. Yeah. And now, like, I go there and I see, it's like I know everybody. But still, Moody has, like... What's 850 times four? I don't know. 3,200. 33, 34, 3,000-something. Okay. And that's still multiples higher than your school. Yeah. So that's... I mean, it's just crazy because I I know, like, all the people in my year, which is mm -hmm. 250 people. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, we got first years and stuff, and I know a lot of them now. But, yeah, I sit there. It's like, I'll see all of, like, my 20 closest friends in one day because everyone's Mm -hmm. just at school at the same time so it's like hard for me to even wrap my head around that because i think your school is probably the size of a of like austin middle school smaller. or austin, austin academy for excellence is it <laughs> it's smaller? literally smaller because how many have, kids are at austin i don't know i feel like it has to be smaller because there's well there's three grades only three grades but 300 each that sounds right was there 300 kids per grade in sixth grade that's true. I don't really know, to be honest. I think it's probably like, probably about the same size. I guess I remember Austin feeling so much bigger, to be honest. Like walking well, in the hall, ma- it would be busy. Yeah, it would My be busy. My school would just be empty. Like during class, you walk, but there's like five people. Austin's different because it's middle school, so everyone's there at the same time. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. 
but I bet it's probably the similar size. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like to go from Austin to Garland and then back to UCM yeah. with like the same size. It's tiny. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. Okay. So since college, you might not like this question. Mm. Since college, since you left for college. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard more from you about men. Right. And yeah. I'm interested. And so like, I want to know, like, are you into the reserved charming type like Charlie or the closeted hunk like Brad or the poetic prick like Craig or is college romance what you thought it would be like that you'd seen in movies, heard from me, heard from Evan, whatever. Or is it <laughs> is it Evan. similar to high school um, or is it way different or do you think it's different because of the country or like the culture? Like, how is it? Loaded question, but mm-hmm. I think it's Lots crazy because. I've never been in a relationship. So whenever I was going to college, I was just like, it was kind of assumed in my brain, like this is my time to get a boyfriend. Yeah. But did not happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because I I develop feelings really easily. So I just like have crushes on like half the men there. Mm -hmm. And then felt (laughs) just for real. (gasps) Just like anyone I see, I'm like, Ooh, new crush. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like my first year I kind of was just like, damn, this isn't happening and then my whole first year i had like a crush on the same guy so that was mm-hmm. rough because it was not reciprocated but then is also this huge thing i talk about this all the time with my friends because i'm a strong believer that because of my ethnicity in europe people don't like me and mm-hmm. it sucks because it's making it a race thing when it might not be a race thing but like the amount of times i have to question oh would he even be into me because i'm asian yeah and it's just of course the standard is always going to be like skinny blue-eyed blonde hair white women especially in europe yeah but yeah. that's what i'm saying it's like that's like it here but in europe that's just like on crack because yeah. everyone that they've been interested in in high, in high school and even in college i mean there's just blondes everywhere mm-hmm. looks the same and me looking different it's not inherently a bad thing but it does like i feel like it takes them some time to be like oh i am attracted to her yeah. so well they don't have to have those realizations with yeah and white, that's the thing because i have to yeah like a lot of my european friends get annoyed that i talk about this so much which is kind of like listen to people of color voices <laughs> but at the same time it's like i just wish i didn't have to worry about that because yeah. what white girls worrying oh will he like me because i'm white mm-hmm. and yeah that's a thing but i don't know i think basically after i got rejected at the beginning of this year by mm-hmm. like the guy who I was obsessed with for a year then things have picked up and <laughs> I've been able to like talk to more people and yeah, just like invest in my random common room crushes. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's going well. I would say my type, I mean, first of all, physically, there's not much differentiation over there. It's all just like extremely skinny, tall white men. So yeah, it's like 90% of them. Yeah. If not like 99. Like so many, like there's barely anyone that doesn't have blue eyes, to be honest. That's crazy. Which is crazy, yeah. That's also crazy because, like, in our high school, I don't think I can name, from Garland I High School, I can't name five blondes. That's, yeah, that's so true. I can't. Real blondes. But yeah, real blondes. <laughs> or, like, people with blue eyes, I'm just like, damn, I really mm-hmm. can't picture it. But, yeah, it's interesting because I would say, like, I've talked about this with mom, actually. Like, because, Pete, you always have a type. And I think my type is definitely thinkers on Myers-Briggs. Mm. But <laughs> thinkers and kind of just... Oh, bad know. take. Great take. No. I have dealt with so many feeler men that have just 
ruined my life. <laughs> Not really, but the amount of times I've been trapped in situations where people threaten suicide because I don't like them back. Too much. And I blame the feelers. So. Okay, well, I'm a feeler. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I think that's just yeah. an insane thing to say ever. Yeah. Maybe. Did mom tell you that Kennedy's a feeler? Yeah. Yeah. I had it wrong. Yeah, you did have it wrong. Yeah. Because she hadn't taken it, so I was just guessing. Yeah. But she's a feeler. I don't know if I could be with a thinker, honestly. That's interesting. I mean, the guy I like right now is also a feeler. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem to be a problem yet, but... I don't know. I just think my personality type is so I first of all, I think I'm pretty insensitive and I really cannot tolerate insensitive, like sensitive people. Mm-hmm. I'm just not good with people that will get their feelings hurt over everything because I'm just not good at making everything like walking on eggshells. I just, sure. And I feel like I've surrounded myself with feelers. Like for some reason, everyone in my life is a feeler. Mm-hmm. So I was like in a partner, I would prefer a thinker. But sure, it doesn't really work out like that. You just meet a person and yeah. then develop feelings for them. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting because I think I have pretty thick skin. Like, I don't really care what my yeah. friends say about me. I don't really care about what they think about me. Like, whatever. Like, even though I was telling you in the car earlier, like, I don't, yeah. I don't really care. But I think with my partner, I am more sensitive. But I think it's yeah, also that natural. Yeah. That's normal. But I think I've even caught myself where I'm like, damn, she said this and it kind of, like, hurt my feelings. And if anyone else said it in the world, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Yeah, that's so But true. it was because it was them. I mean, I'm definitely, like... I would say I'm like the least sensitive person I know, honestly. I just like don't really give a fuck what people say. Less to me. than Ev? Probably not. But no. <laughs> he just doesn't care. Yeah, but whenever it comes to like the guys I like, of course I care more about what they think. They're yeah. like the only person's opinion I care about, to be sure. honest. Because I'm confident in myself around other people, but with men I'm just like constantly overthinking, like, oh, do they actually like me? And mm-hmm. it's just a game. But yeah, I don't know. Sensitive partners I don't think would work that well with me. Sure. Fuck, I was going to ask something else. Um, but I can't remember. Per. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then we've, we've talked about high school and college, and you're 18 now, not 19. Yeah. I always just assume you're, in my head, you're one year younger because you're one year younger. Yeah, true. But whatever. So in your 19 years, 18, 18 years, <laughs> in your 18 years, what has been your we are infinite moment? up to this point in your life where do you think were where were you the happiest or felt the most fulfilled or just had that gut feeling that this is exactly where you should be or doing exactly what you should be doing can you pinpoint like one or a couple yeah well it's actually crazy because i was just saying like literally a few weeks ago i think is when i felt like that because i was Mm -hmm. just like i don't know i feel like i'm finally just i realized how myself i am around just you know, at UCM, just in the common room with my friends. Mm -hmm. And I just think I'm at such a good place where I like have different circles and I'm just like super comfortable going up to new people and just things like that. And it's just right now I feel like it's perfect because I'm in the middle of my second year. So I'm already, it's not like it's that close to being over, but at the same time, it's it's, not new. Yeah. It's not new at all. And I'm very comfortable where I am, but I also have the connection with home friends too. Mm -hmm. Cause that's like super important to me because I love having, I like contact my home friends like every day and mm-hmm. I just like s- super comfortable where I was. I'm like, n- I know more about what I want to do in the future. I mean, that's not actually true, but I know what I like academically. You can at least strike some things off. Of what yeah, you definitely. Don't do. And I feel like I just, I love where I'm studying. I love my life there. Like just getting to travel 
whenever I want and just I'm really like into in the swing of things now I guess mm-hmm. but I don't know I, a perfect moment I don't know if that's doable I think well January 21st I went to Wallows and that was the day that Dylan gave me the mic and then I came home immediately and then like hung out with all my friends because there was like a winter gala Mm -hmm. and i was like damn like this is perfect right now because like all my favorite things were happening Mm -hmm. and i was just traveling and then also being with all my friends at home and it was just perfect but Hmm. i i don't know what mine would be i feel like i've answered the similar question but i felt like the beginning of this year like wasn't very great for me Mm-hmm. Like the trip was was really hard on me. Yeah. And then starting the dock and everything, I was like feeling really stressed and I was super super busy. Um, and it wasn't until like like this past week, it like warmed up in Austin and it was like nice outside. Yeah. And we'd already made our fundraising campaign live, and this was some stress off. And I felt like I could just like walk around and like smile and be happy. Yeah. And like I think this past probably seven days has been the best week of the year. I like agree with that. Yeah. I mean maybe let's say the next the past two weeks but sure yeah because yeah, i was even like driving because i love driving and i was just like back you know had the starbucks in hand driving around with some of my mm-hmm. favorite songs and then i just like know everything's perfect back here yeah and everything's in the netherlands is also perfect and i'm just like damn mm-hmm. this is great and in four days i'll have a new car <laughs> i won't be carless Bruh. that'll be so much nicer lord <laughs> okay so now going back to the very beginning Obviously, this film is absolutely and completely white. There's not a single ra- racial minority in Damn. any of the principal cast. Yeah. Um, we are racial minorities, at least half. Yep. Um, so I want to ask you about your experience being half Filipino and half white. Um, how did that affect your upbringing specifically? Um, how, did it affect your college search? Did it affect the way of finding friends in high school or college for you? I mean... It's kind of crazy just because I didn't really think that much about my race until high school, I would say. Yeah. Because I think since I don't look white, I don't identify with my whiteness at all. Yeah. I, but I also really don't identify with, like, being super Filipino. Um, so you say Asian. So I say, like, yeah, half Asian, Asian. But then I've had experiences, like, some formative quotes where, like, no offense, Julia, but you're not really Asian. Yeah. Or a girl who was Filipino in my class when I was giving a presentation about the Philippines was just like, oh, but you don't actually know the culture mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was just like, the fuck? Like, I don't know that those things really affected me because it's just like, then what am I? Because no one. Exactly. No one's going to consider me white. I don't look white. And you're not white passing. Yeah, not no, at all. None of us are. No one is ever. I mean, I guess one person was like, oh, I thought you were European. It's like, what? Yeah. But yeah. So since my experience is not as a white person, I don't get white privilege. I don't get the feeling of, I don't know, like going to Oklahoma and feeling at home there Yeah. with our family there. But I don't know. And then also moving to Europe, I think that went crazy for like the identity crisis because mm-hmm. exacerbated even more. Yeah. But I didn't really think that it would be like that because I don't know. I kind of have this idea of Europe that it's just like more progressive and more like accepting of differences. Mm-hmm. I mean, my hot take is that it's very much not, and it's actually more racist than here. But oof, that's very controversial. None, none of my European friends agree with that. But well, how would they even know? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. but because they, they just see that America has all these racist things, and sure. they just have less minorities. But I think that's the problem because they're not used to 
the yeah. constant like diversity that we were exposed to our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And so when I go th- to Europe, it's like I feel so much more Asian because yeah. I just stick out so much more. It's like I'll look around at the airport. I'm the only one that's not white in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I can count the amount of times I've been in a class with other people of color and it's two. Like there's mm-hmm. no in my whole entire year, I think there's 15 people of color and yeah, that's just insane. It's just such a different experience being there because I just feel like I stick out so much more people. I've had like the microaggressions, like what are you, where mm-hmm. are you from really? Yeah. Um, had other racist encounters in Europe where people being like, you know, squinting their eyes being like, Oh, you're Chinese, Ching Chong, things mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, what? So yeah, I think being mixed is interesting because we can't fit into either i don't identify with either really strongly i identify strongly with being mixed but in my experiences it's always just been like ostracizing Mm -hmm. to a certain extent but i am lucky that in high school i did have a good friend group of mixed people too yeah like both aria and sophia are mixed and i think Mm -hmm. that really helped me because we had a lot of the same experiences but at the same time then like my other side of the friend group in high school were both Vietnamese and they just kind of disregarded me as Asian in its yeah. entirety, which doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. I'm not Vietnamese. I wouldn't understand their culture, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think my friend group was so different from yours because. Oh um, yeah, for sure. We were also very, very racially diverse. Yeah. Like Jimmy was the white one. And then David and Jabari were black. Oscar was Mexican Christian is half Mexican, half white. Um, Landon was white. Mm-hmm. But we were super, super diverse. But I was the Asian one. But really, I was the Filipino one. Yeah. But I think they really saw me as Filipino because they were so close with dad. Yeah. Like, they were always over there. They were joking with dad all They've the time. They had the egg rolls. Exactly. Yeah. So they knew he was Filipino. But, like, that's kind of where it was now. But I think I feel less Asian here. Really? In As in... In Austin. Yeah. Because, um, one, I'm trying to buy more Filipinos and I don't look like them. Yeah. You know, like I don't look like them. Um, and my parents don't talk like their parents talk and we're very different. Um, where in high school it was like me and William Barrientos. Those yeah. are the Filipinos. <laughs> and we both knew we were Filipino and everybody in IB, which is not big classes. We all, they all knew we were Filipino, but I think I feel less Asian here and like coming here was obviously meeting everybody for the first time and everybody just assumed I was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's so weird cause I've almost like tried to adapt to Hispanic more since I got here. Like with my Hispanic friends, I'll like speak to them in Spanish and like yeah. do this, which like, I don't know why I'm doing that. Like, is it just cause it's fun? Cause I know the language mm-hmm. or is it because I want to fit in? I don't know. But I think like not necessarily grandma's house or whatever, but like, I think the last time I went, um, you didn't go. No, it was like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, Thanksgiving. It was just me. And I went to like the store and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is like a different breed of white that's in Austin. Oh, for real? Like, these are like oh the hicks, God, for real. Yeah. And then even when I went home a couple weeks ago to shoot, um, we went to Kyoto and Rockwall. I was like, this is even a different breed <laughs> yeah. of white. Like Rockwall is crazy. Like Rockwall and Garland are two completely different like countries. That's so true. I mean, whenever I worked at Coldstone, it was just the entirety was just 
white like mm-hmm. upper class people too yeah and it's like you know the hardcore texan whites too mm-hmm. which same in oklahoma but i don't know i think certain things are funny because like one thing that i dealt with that you never dealt with was like the intersection of race and sports because like true it was like boom i was the asian kid yeah and then it's like the only asian kid on the team every single team i was a part of mm-hmm. and then it's like if you're good you're jeremy lynn that's yeah. it <laughs> and i like took that to heart mm-hmm. we're like i was jeremy lynn for halloween four years in a row and it, i think it was because i wanted to be con- more connected yeah. to that asian culture like whatever they told me i was i would do it because i want to be more asian yeah. but then it's like if you suck like me and ed talked about this like if you're at like i went to the rec you know twice a week growing up mm-hmm. play basketball Like, you will just get called the chink, no matter what. Like, that will just happen. And it's, like, no one thinks it's bad, you know? Like, whatever. But, like, tons of little things. Or, like, even, like, microaggressions in, like, sports were, like, oh, oh, he's not not strong because I'm Asian. Like, stuff like that. Or, like, like, oh, like, you know, he's not confident with the ball. He's not this. He's not this. All because of just Asian stereotypes that Mm -hmm. then get transferred to sports. And then I, like... I remember even in Boy Scouts, there was one time where we went to like the meeting and everybody got their awards except me. And I was like in third grade yeah. and dad was pissed. Cause As he should be. <laughs> do you remember this at all? No. Okay. So literally like it was our whole troop. So not even just like, not like me, Landon, Seth, like the yeah. eight people. It was like the hundred people. And every single person got an award except me. And dad was just a hundred percent convinced that it was racism. And maybe it really was because it's Boy Scouts and how many other Asians are there? Yeah. But like dad, like he went up and talked to Paul and he was like, this is not okay. Like you're the troop leader. You should have said something. Mm -hmm. And then we go home. And then Paul felt so bad that land, he brought Landon and Seth over and made them give me their awards and apologize. And like dad was pissed. Mm -hmm. And it's like little things like that, that I didn't even really, I didn't realize back then. Yeah. But like living in Texas, you'll get, and then. I don't know, but it's never affected me in romantic relationships. Oh my God. Must be nice. But I, I think actually, I don't know. But that's the thing because I mean, I've honestly like researched this now because I've done a whole paper about like Asian woman fetishization Yeah. that doesn't really affect men. I mean, lucky for you, but it's like for I me, mm, with but I think K-pop, that's actually true. I think Korean men for sure. But there's just it's like for me it's like oh do they even like asians or do they only like asians it's like there's barely any there's no wiggle room yeah because like i know some of my friends like not to call them out but like one of my friends is like only dated asian girls and then i'm like well damn that's kind of also weird i don't want to be just like your like asian creature you know that you like but then like the vast majority of people i know now it's like I'm like exotic to them, especially because I'm American. Also American. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. But I'm like the one who's from far away who doesn't look like anyone else. It's Mm -hmm. just a lot different. I think it's crazy even within like, even within half Filipino, half white people, there's still a variety of looks. Yeah. Because I think like, I think I can tell that Olivia Rodrigo is half Filipino, half white. Yeah. But you look different from her. Very. And Jazzy is half Filipino, half white. Yeah. And we look way different from her. True. So it's even harder, like, specifically whenever there's so many variations within those two 
two different ethnicities yeah. that it's like really hard to pinpoint what you are, which I think only leads to more of the microaggressions and more of the what are you. Yeah, of course. And it's interesting because I've been told like, oh my God, Filipino and white is the best mix. And I yeah. also think to some extent there's like Wajian fetishization. Oh, a Because people eat up Wajians. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because mom disagree. She's like, what? Well, she is a white woman. Girl, she's going to listen to this and be like, damn. But <laughs> that's so true. And it's just interesting because I feel like my racial experience is so different than like even other mixed Asians because people just assume that I'm Mexican like all the time. And it's interesting because in Europe, I get more Asian. Like people will assume that I'm Asian more than here just because there's less Mexicans around. But I did yeah. get someone at UCM like last week say, oh, I thought you were Mexican. So I don't think you look Mexican at all. I don't know what I look like, to be honest. I don't think I really look half Filipino at all. I don't know. I don't know if I do either. I think with my facial hair, I look Mexican. I think yeah, if I shave I it know. off, I look more Asian, but not necessarily more kind Filipino. Of. I just, yeah. I don't know. But it's also weird because I don't know if I saw myself, I don't know what I would think I was because True. I also wouldn't say Asian immediately because we're not, whenever I picture Asian, I picture like, white and east asian or exactly yeah like that type of asian not like white and southeast so. and like a lot of white and east asians you can see the white and you can see the east asian yeah you can't see either for us no we like, just have features that like don't yeah. really make sense but like you see my friend anna yeah who's half white half chinese mm -hmm. and she looks half white half chinese you can tell, yeah like if i saw a picture of her i'd be like that's exactly what she is mm -hmm. but it's not the same for us yeah. And even like, I don't know, I think just because Filipinos, I th also think not many people have a great idea of what Filipino people look like. Yeah. And there's also like light skin and dark skin Filipinos. I know. And we're also just like, I mean, dad was even saying like a few days ago, he's like, wow, you're so pale, me. Because yeah. I'm just like white as hell compared to him. And like, he's even, dark. Yeah. The, mo the majority of Filipinos I know are actually like pretty dark. So then I don't look Filipino at all. If you're like comparing me to a Filipino woman, I was just thinking about that. Like if you took just like a woman from the Philippines and me, I would not look like them no, at all. Not at all. Like I don't fit into that at all. You mean the, the Filipinos you know personally or the Filipino like that are family? Like I know personally because mm. like just the ones from high school. I know I met one Filipino girl at a Wallace concert and mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, you look super Filipino. I know. Yeah. Because so. I don't know. I know some light skin like Ron's brother, I think can easily pass as East Asian. Really? Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'm. I doubt you've seen a picture no, of him. No, I haven't. But no. But he can pass East Asian. I think Ron looks very Filipino. Ron looks super Filipino. I think it's the nose. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but he's even darker than his brother is. Interesting. But like, um, I think Ron's Ron's mom looks Filipino, but I think she could also pass as East. Mm -hmm. His dad is definitely Filipino. But I really don't think like, especially if you gave a random white person, not even white person, if you gave most people here, pick someone off the street and say like, here's a person from the philippines a person from indonesia a person from laos they yeah, would have no, no, no idea, idea. Mm -hmm. but if you give them here's a person from china person from japan person korea. from korea they got it yeah that's so true but they could not do that for southeast asians no no not at all but i mean that's a whole different thing in itself because even like asian acceptance it's like the darker you are the like yeah worse. i mean all the colorism yeah um i don't know but do you think that's the same way with brown people they do you think they're seen as less or do you think it's just within yeah. like the east asian well i think no i think it's all the colorism like 
brown people as in like South Asians? Yes. Yeah, of course. That's like, that's like a research phenomenon. That's like Chinese, Japanese, Korean at the top, Indian, Sri Lankans at the bottom. In terms of what? Just like acceptance or what people like negative stereotypes. People, the model minority is only applicable to like East Asians basically. Because people, people's favorite Asians are always going to be the ones that are like the lightest and look stereotypically like smart nerds which isn't the image True, you get with South they look like yeah. yeah but i don't know because also like i think a lot of brown people do fall into the model minority myth That's because true. indian americans are at the very top of the tax bracket in the u.s it's like indian americans and chinese americans yeah but i think in terms of like daily discrimination though sure like yeah yeah, yeah. the hate crimes are going to be against i almost feel like it's like the darker you are that's if you like took a survey of like super racist people and got them to like rank minorities i'm almost positive it would be like that for asians i don't know i mean we've seen all the aapi stuff and all that's the hate true. crimes have been recently about east asian Those specific east asians yeah that's specific for like the covid context but true it might like have been asian colorism is just like a super big thing and yeah yeah, there's just so many negative stereotypes that come with being South or Southeast Asian compared yeah. to East Asian. True. I mean, even... I mean, yeah, even, like, the depictions in movies and TV shows. Yeah. Always with the accent. Fucking the guy from The Simpsons is a ter- I forget his name. Abu is the guy's yeah, in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And that is for brown people. Yes. And South Asians. Okay. We talked about this already but there aren't many people that are the same as us ethnicity wise Mm -hmm. but we do have each other that me you and evan are the same ethnicity and we're brought up the same or were we do you think that we were brought up differently um if you if so how do you see that affecting us now do you think there's differences in comparisons with relation or comparisons relationships with parents relationships with friends families treatment by peers like how although we had the same parents how do you think we grew up differently between me and you your two-age year gap and you and Ev's six-year gap? Well, I think even in terms of race, like we had this conversation, you weren't there whenever we were in Portugal. No. Because we all see our race super differently, even Mm -hmm. just that. It's like, because I feel like you identify more with the Filipino side than any of the rest of us. Evan barely identifies with being Filipino at all. Yeah. He doesn't see himself as white, but he like we both agreed that we more take into our account like our racialized experience rather than like our Asian experience because we both just feel non-white. Sure. But then at the same time, it's interesting because I for I also feel like in the middle in that again, I'm always in the middle of you guys. But I feel like I'm the only one that really struggled with being mixed growing up. Like sure. the actual questions of like oh, people are considering me not Asian enough, but I'm not white either. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I was probably the only one that had that experience because maybe it was because I surround myself with more Asian people or that's just how it ended up happening. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the whole like comparison question, that's, that's heavy. Like mm-hmm. if that's just in general, then I can speak on that because I think we all had super different experiences as the kids. I, yeah, I think all three of us handled comparisons differently, but within ourselves yeah. and from others. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like I've heard you say on this podcast and just in general that you feel like you weren't compared at all. And I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. And I've talked to mom about it because 
she doesn't really want to take any responsibility for it. But then I'm like, I don't feel like I was putting that all into myself. And I think it's just because you and Evan had such different interests. Yeah. So you were never compared like on the same caliber because you were going, you were like the sporty social going into film one. Evan was like the academic, like quieter, smarter one. Mm-hmm. So y'all were so different. But then me being in the middle, I didn't really feel as compared to you as to Evan, but it was like whenever I was super focused on like my grades in high school, all I wanted to do was like to come off as smart and like have that reassurance that like I could get into a good college and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. that's not what I was receiving from mom. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not that she was calling me dumb at all, but it just became very apparent that Evan's the smart kid. You're the social kid. And then y'all have said before, I'm the opinionated kid. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? That just means I have opinions. So does everyone else. Like it just felt like, Everyone had a superlative. Everyone was good at something. And then I just had nothing. You like, the, what was I good at? You were at? the independent one. Yeah. Wh- what does that even mean? Yeah. That's just know. a stupid thing. Like, that's not saying I have any talents. I'm good at anything. It's just saying, oh, I'm good at being on my own. Like, what be? Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I think, oh, I was going to say, I think mom is pragmatic to a fault. And I, I love it. Yeah. Because that's how I like to talk about things. I'm very, like, result-oriented, stuff like that. Yeah. But I think whenever, and I think you've dealt with it way more than I have. But like whenever you are talking to her about her something, talking to her about something that is very emotional, she's not going to budge. Yeah. Like she is a feeler. But whenever you're like having this type of conversation. Oh, yeah. She was not. She will not budge. No. And she's just so pragmatic. And I think a lot of the things she says are hard truths. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. But it just sucks to hear, you know. But I think like. I don't know. Like, I think that's so interesting of her. And I wonder if that's just like something she's decided to do with us or that's just how she is. Cause it's like almost to the point that she does it impressive how pragmatic she can be without budging on her emotions. Yeah. In some instances, I would say Yeah, like I had a whole long conversation with her about like the whole comparison thing. And it was interesting because I was bringing up examples like, because whenever I was like trying to be like the smart kid or just trying to like get some type of validation that I was smart because that's basically all I had going for me. Like I would pull up report cards of like me versus Evan, Evan's grades. And there would always be something like, Oh, but you had easier teachers. Like it was different. I was like, what does that even mean? Like my GPA, I'm pretty sure I ended up being like really similar to his. We both had 4.0s unweighted. Yeah. So I could just never get like the validation and it's not like she was is she was never calling me stupid. And I don't want to no. like make it sound like that. But it's just like in my mind and from her words, I could never compare to Evan. And just some things she would say about like my intelligence were just like kind of digs. I remember one time there was I like got a perfect score in like some star test or something for reading. And she just like started laughing. She's like, How did you even do that? You don't even you're not even good at reading. And then mm. I remember like both you and Evan were like mom why would you say that it was like a thing and she was just like well it's true i was like damn that's kind of rough but i don't don't know know. i think at the same time that conversation also ended in being like i was comparing how she would view me and evan's chances on getting into certain schools Mm -hmm. i was like well you never told me i could get into this school and she's like well you couldn't i was like valid like lucky i think that's a good thing because i also am not a person that has unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. so yeah but i mean 
I guess it boiled down to him being National Mayor's Caller. A lot of but, it. And just test scores, which yeah. sucks that that's the way it is. Yeah. But like it did. And it, but it like the qualifiers of like, oh, but you had this teacher. Yeah. Those are like, ugh, whatever. But that sucked. Like those are annoying. But I think almost like the hardest pills to swallow are the worst. Of I like, guess, fuck, yeah. just because of this score, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I wasn't the happiest with that. But yeah. Now I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like naturally not the same. But do you think in the end you would have preferred to go to like an elite U.S. school or you want to go to Europe? No, I definitely. I mean, who knows if I was like super smart and like was valedictorian, if I would have applied to like the Ivy Leagues and stuff. Mm-hmm. But my college experience is something that I would I've never regretted. I've never. No, yeah. I like every day I'm like, damn. I'm here. I think it's just like the coolest possible thing I could have. And just yeah. the people I'm surrounded by are like all from extremely like, different countries. I learn different things about people's culture like every single day. Mm-hmm. And even just coming here, it's crazy because I'm like, oh my God, this is so Texan. Like I never had these perspectives of life before. So I know I'm like, I'm interested to leave Texas yeah, just to see how Texan I am. I mean, I'm, I'm super sure Texan. I'm yeah. sure it's very much so. I mean, it's crazy. I was at Bucky's today, and it's yeah. just like the Texas flags, the come and take it flags. Yeah. Go and crazy. And even like the common things to me, like, you know, eight lane highways. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like those are crazy. I know. I was like flying and watching like the scene, and it was just like suddenly we emerged from the clouds, and it was just like parking lots. Just, yeah, like, yeah, super yeah. Super industrial, super like huge lane highways, and that's just non-existent. I mean, I haven't even been in a car since last time, well taxis i guess but yeah. i haven't driven or had this experience in so long and since i'm here but i even wonder like if i'm gonna like i'll be in new york for 10 weeks which yeah. isn't a crazy amount of time but i wonder if i'll feel it then because i will i think in my job it's like very much people that have worked in new york for years and years and years i mean and just you'll adapt to just like walkability culture and just yeah everything like that so quickly and then it just feels so crazy Mm-hmm. Whenever you get back, like going through a drive-thru, just it's different. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I won't be walking to work. There's no well, way. Well, subway. Yeah, I'll take but the subway still, that's every single so day. So different. Yeah, so different. Because I don't walk either. I bike, but that's true. Yeah. Just not <laughs> compatible with driving at all. But I think, I don't know, and I I think I'll be interested to see, like living in Texas all my life, and then spending that time in New York, yeah. and then eventually going to LA. All the differences oh, that will be, and like how it will feel as a Texan. And I wonder like, cause I know in parts of California, hella Filipinos. Yeah. Hella. It's not the same in New York. I mean, probably not, but no, California but, has like super high populations of Asian people and yeah, Filipinos specifically. Like the biggest, but yeah. that's not LA more of like the Bay area. Yeah. That's not LA, but, mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the differences between the three of them. Yeah. And like, I've, I've only been to New York for two days in my life because y'all gone back all without me. I haven't gone since seventh grade summer. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. So that's what? Four, five, six, seven, eight years. Well, then you'll you'll be the only one of us to actually spend time in New York, though. So. Yeah. But Evan visited a lot. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like you get the feeling of living there. Yeah. Okay. Well. I've wondered this, but I don't know if it's a real thing or if it's just a reach, yeah. but your whole interest in travel, 
Yeah. Do you think that's at all influenced by your ethnicity? No. No? Question mark? I feel like my... Well, actually, like, to some extent. Because um, if I study abroad, which, I mean, I already committed to it, so I guess I am. I still might cancel... I would say it's like 80% sure that I'm going. Yeah. That was definitely influenced my choice because I'm going to Singapore. Mm -hmm. And that's... I mean, like, I even wrote in my motivation letter, like, I really want to live in Asia. And I don't know that I would have that connection to Asia without... And I think it'd just be super cool for me, like, sociologically, I guess, to live there as, like, a half-Asian person. And Mm -hmm. be... Singapore specifically is, like, just, like, a tiny country, city-state that has so many different, like, Asian ethnicities Mm -hmm. and just to be surrounded by asian people after and different looking asian yeah Yeah. and it's crazy because like i really want to have that experience because like living here i mean it's super diverse but it wasn't like i was immersed in an asian community really at any point in my life and then living in europe it's just white people so i like Mm -hmm. really would think it'd be cool because then that's like covers all of my identity almost Mm -hmm. like the american white and asian to live in singapore and i also like really want to go back to the philippines and stuff so i think Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that interest in Asia because of my ethnicity that I don't think I would have had before. But yeah. otherwise, just traveling like Europe, I didn't even really have an interest in Europe until... You started looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Watching The Amazing Race growing up did sure. a number on me. So, <laughs> Dude, it's it. I, I keep on thinking about how, like, Evan just hardly even feels Asian. Yeah. Because I, I really don't feel Asian, but I do feel Filipino. And I don't know if, like, this is a thing about I've gone the most recently or I try more or whatever. But like, I do feel like I have a relationship with Brian and Nini and uh bow boy. Yeah. And like some of the people that are over there in the village, like I feel like I know them and like they will, you know, DM me all the time and Facebook message me, which I never see yeah. and like all that stuff. Same. And I do feel connected, but I think it's weird that y'all, you less than me and then Evan less than you. Yeah. I don't know. I think, well, Evan, okay. Evan had this whole like conversation with me whenever he went to the Philippines, it was like complete opposite of your experience. Cause you're just like reconnecting. You feel so connected to these people. His was almost just like, he felt like so much of an outsider that he wanted to leave. Really? And I thought that was super interesting. Cause I didn't feel like that at all when I was there. To be fair, last time I was there I was 10. Yeah. That's how um, old I was the first time. So I, wasn't really thinking about it but mm-hmm. i don't know i think that with our upbringing for me and for evan it's almost like posing to say that we're super filipino hmm. because we didn't have though i do feel connected to my filipino identity and i'm like proud to be filipino how much can i really say that without just faking it because we were exposed to like filipino food we hear dad's accent we hear him speaking on the phone with Ramon every single day, mm-hmm. but we don't have a Filipino community. And I think that's the reason why we don't feel connected to it because you say you feel connected to Brian, Brian and Nini, maybe cause I'm younger. I can't feel that way because mm-hmm. whenever they were babysitting us, like I have no memories of that except for like drawing on Brian's back or something. Sure. But yeah, I know like I wish that we had a closer relationship with them. I really mm-hmm. wish that we, were taught Tagalog growing up. I really wish that yeah. we had more connection with like Shello and Romy and like hung out with their family more, mm-hmm. but we didn't. So I don't think 
that I feel that connected to it in that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like Evan doesn't, it's not like he rejects being Filipino, but he's almost just like so realistic about it that he like has no pride in it. Sure. And I don't feel like that. I feel yeah. like I am proud to be Filipino. I really do want to go back to the Philippines, but I think I'm being a little bit fake if I just am like, oh yeah, Pinoy pride all the time. Sure. But like similar to what you were saying, like I 1000% do not feel white. Yeah, I don't feel white like, at all. I'm not white passing. I don't like, I feel different from my white friends in ethnicity. Like yeah, there are certain things sure. that we will understand oh that God, they yeah. won't like so different. And so I think in my head, it's like, okay, I don't feel white. So I'm Filipino. Yeah. I guess I didn't really analyze it that much until just recently that like, is it really Filipino or is it more Asian or is it just mixed? Yeah. I don't know. But I think all my life I kind of like pull, push myself to that Filipino side where like, I even went to church longer than y'all because that was what tied me to dad. Yeah. Cause he was Catholic. That's how he came over here. And that's in my head was more Filipino. I went to church by myself after Yeah. like all this stuff. And I, I didn't like it, but I was like, fuck it. Like maybe it'll help me feel more Filipino. Cause I feel like I've always wanted to be it more. Yeah. And then like, I think one thing that definitely made me feel more Filipino than y'all was that growing up, I was always the one that looked like dad. Or that acted yeah, like dad. That's really true. Acted like the Filipino part of us. So that pushed me more towards him and more towards the Philippines. And also, like, you have not gone in eight years. Yeah, your experience yeah. in the Philippines is completely different. Completely like, you got different. a relationship with Ramon. Yes. You and yeah. your friends, you were, like, cognitive enough to, like, remember yeah, definitely. and, like, have these conversations. Whenever I went, it was just, like, me playing with like a Tino and just we couldn't communicate. So Mm -hmm. we just like play with balls, but like it wasn't the same at all. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't know the whole, like you being more connected to dad and then Evan mom thing. That's also crazy because like I said, like I'm in the middle of you guys in every way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I do identify, I guess with being mixed the most. Like if I categorize myself as one thing, I'd be like, Oh, I'm mixed race. Hmm. So it's not either, but the white thing, like mom was just telling me about this because she felt kind of offended she didn't i was trying to tell her because she was just like spewing nonsense to be honest because she said um that we like reject being white well she was saying it for you because apparently like she heard you say this or something maybe in your last podcast Mm -hmm. but she said that we don't want to associate with being white there's almost like a bad connotation with associating with whiteness but she's like well how can he even say that when he associates with white people and his girlfriend is white I was like, how does that make sense at all? What? Because I was like, what? So our identity is affected by who we find attractive? Because or who I we also. Spend time with? Yeah, like that doesn't make sense at all. Because, yeah, it's almost like she took it as us saying that we don't like white people or like we no. don't want to associate with whiteness. We're just oh, saying. That's such in, a white person way I know, to take that's it. That's so frustrating. Too. Because I was like, girl, what are you saying this to me for? Like, I, all the men I've been interested in happen to be white too. Yeah. Does that make me any less Filipino? Mm-hmm. Or. Because we're rejecting whiteness in the sense that we can't align with being white. No. We don't identify as white. People do not see us as white. That doesn't mean anything about who we spend our time with. And that's also just a weird take for her to be like, but it your is, girlfriend's white. It is. It's. And I don't know. It's. it's Mom, I feel like, takes it personally. And it's not her fault that she's white. No, and know? it's also like not that we're saying we don't want to be white. It's just. Yeah. Look at us. We're not. like. But also, I don't want to be. I don't want to be white either. No. <laughs> but it's like... We're not rejecting her family no, because of their whiteness. Like, no, that's not it. Exactly. And it's like, there are things that like... Not even saying that they're super, super bad. Not that 
everything that's not white is just the worst because that's yeah. not what i'm trying to say but there are things that mom will just not understand of she course. she will not walk into nickels in in <laughs> what was it shawnee you, oklahoma no, you, follow. you follow oklahoma yeah. and have people look and that's also crazy because i'm i'm gonna write a big part of my paper about having nickels. a white mom oh. no <laughs> about nickels yeah <laughs> but like because i think it's crazy because i talked to her a lot on the phone and a lot of our conversations are about race just because that's what i study yeah so it's really interesting because like one time i told her like there was like a creepy man came up to me on a bench and then was like where are you from um and then like microaggressed me it wasn't even really a microaggression it was just racism was just like oh no you have to be chinese started doing the squint eye thing mm -hmm. but then she just like laughed and yeah. she just took it as like me saying a funny joke i was like she thinks what? it's silly yeah, yeah but and then she also kind of not on purpose it's not her fault but like invalidates anything i say about specifically like whenever i talk about feeling like undesirable to men mm -hmm. as a person of color she just finds that like you're just making everything about race or like it's not that deep i'm just like well it kind of is and how would you know yeah. and that like lack of relatability there is something that i feel like growing up now like in this era of my life is like kind of affecting me a lot more than i thought it would because there's just so many things where there's just a disconnect because of our ethnicities. And it's because like now you're old. Like now yeah. it's not like, sure, obviously she, she's our mother, but yeah. also we're more friends with mom now than she is yeah. necessarily parenting Authority us. figure, yeah. We don't, we don't live with her anymore. Mm -hmm. We call her and we enjoy, we call her because we enjoy it, not because yeah. we have to, because we like talking to her. And so it's like when you're friends with someone and you still can't see eye to eye, I feel like that's another reason why yeah. it's like you're feeling it more now. And even I wrote a whole paper about like Asian fetishization and she, we were just not seeing that eye to eye at all. And it kind mm -hmm. of like got to me because she was being like, well, is that really racism though? If they like you, I'm like, well, that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Like yeah. that's just, it's a weird take. She just wasn't really seeing my whole point that people who are Asian are treated differently because of the race. And especially like in like romantic relationships, anything I've ever said about that, she just kind of boiled down to like me making it a race issue yeah. and i'm like well what well, if it is even like i don't know i almost feel and this is probably just a stretch you know it could be completely false and she mm -hmm. might you know get all pissed because i say this but like i don't know i felt like it was really weird the fact that like dad left the church because of experiencing racism yes. and he doesn't talk about it and is that well, because he's scared or like he doesn't want to offend mom or is it because mom doesn't believe it? But I don't know, like as a Filipino dude and he almost like never explained why he left the church. I pry it out of him now. And this is crazy because right when I got home, I pried more information out of him about this. And it was like a whole thing. Like mom actually like she wasn't like mad, but she was visibly like overthinking it and getting mad because I asked I was talking about how mom hates whenever i i'll show my friends greg's instagram yeah i know she tells me about that she's like isn't that so mean i'm like yeah. no fuck that he's our uncle we can do whatever yes, we want that's what i'm saying because and i'll also tell my friends it's also hilarious because like i'm the american i'm the texan girl yeah in europe people think it's crazy that i have like these like country white grandparents yeah so i'll talk about that all the time like yeah they're racist yeah mm -hmm. they're not they're trump supporters like and that's true like those are objective facts exactly and she cannot stand when i talk to my friends about that i'm like they're my family too like i am allowed to talk about this is my experience she hates it though and then we were talking about it 
and she was basically claiming that grandpa isn't racist things like that and i was like false but then dad started talking and dad apparently there was like this big thing where um grandpa called him like an illegal immigrant or like made a jab at him for like being undocumented and like in a long time ago yeah well oh. in follow, so not so long ago but it could have been a while ago it was probably a while ago i think it was i mean earlier on in the relationship yeah but then dad sent a whole ma- email and like cc'd the entire family like hmm. just being like that was unacceptable please never treat me like this again please never say these things and it was crazy because then mom was kind of sitting there like oh but that's not really what he said like mom was like justifying grandpa's behavior as dad sitting here like actually getting heated for once being like oh yeah i told them i'm not gonna take that that was not okay they could not treat me like that i was like yeah how is mom just gonna sit there and just make it sound like it's not a big deal and i think how so is, much of it i know how is the white person gonna tell the filipino yes, man who was exiled by white people how to feel by her own family it's like i get it because she wants to believe the best in her family and i mean yeah like i can understand that she doesn't want to completely cut them off or just like have these feelings just because it's political but for us it's not political it's like yeah this is dad's experience i'm sure i really think they're also racist to ling Lu too but oh yeah yeah grandpa like hates her so well, one thing that has always just not south me the right way is ling Lu is stingy with money sure god the stereotypes people, go crazy people know that, that but it's always about well it's the culture yes it's their culture it's their culture and that's just racist. I know. And then that's every time I racist. bring that up with mom specifically, I'm like, you know, all those things are racism. And she's like, well, it's just kind of facts. I'm like, girl. No, it's not. I just think it sucks because she can't, she wants so bad to justify their actions knowing that she's kind of wrong. Like. But she doesn't have to, you know? Well, yeah, I but know. I don't know. It's also just, she said before, it's like, Whenever I tell my friends about my family on that side, she's like, well, what, what are they going to think about me then? I'm like, none of them Nothing. are thinking about you like no. that. Like, And at least what? all my friends, like, they know mom and they love mom. Of course, like, yeah. My friends have known Mrs. Cindy since they were five years old. Like, yeah. no matter what I say with my family, nothing's going to change. Even, like, my European friends, it's just, like, the way I talk about mom. Exactly. What, how would they ever think that she's like that? No, like... like so she had Filipino kids. Like, that's exactly. enough. Exactly. She married a, yes. an immigrant. But it's like... Kennedy knows how much I call my mom and yeah. I'll talk to her about what I talk to my mom about. And it's like, no matter what I say about my family, Kennedy's never going to be like, was your mom racist? Yeah. No, 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 no. Same. But dude, literally on Thanksgiving when I was there, um, I was like trying to listen real hard to see what they would say. Oh if my God, me too. Come up. Yeah. And I'm two things fight. did. Two things did. One, we were watching college football mm-hmm. and there was an Asian ref <laughs> and grandpa literally said, they're just letting anybody in the sport nowadays. <laughs> like literally like a fucking meme. Like people, oh my that's God. satire yeah. that people say. And that he said it. King. And then another one was um, mom and dad were talking about like how they changed like the shoplifting laws. And mm-hmm. then, which I don't, I don't even like that conversation. But Me then either. grandma was like, what happened to law and order in this country? <laughs> and I was Queen. like, law and so order? True. Oh my God. Yeah. I heard about those. It's, there's always something whenever there's you go always, there. There's like, something. even when I went, I went in October, I guess, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, yeah, they just have takes on everything. I think uh, dad was just telling me something, but they're just, like, super transphobic, too. They just... Oh, yeah. I was saying, like, y'all got to just 
start telling him like uh just like let me fake come out as like bi or something dad was loving it he's like i'm gonna just tell them you're bisexual i was like <laughs> go ahead but mom absolutely hated that she's like why would you cause problems for no reason i'm like why is that causing a problem in the first place it shouldn't be a, that's what i'm saying it shouldn't be a like, problem in the first yeah uh, that should be a totally normal thing to say but that would literally dad was like you don't want to kill them too early i was like damn dude i'm gonna have to interview them soon the who the grandparents mm-hmm. yeah um jump scare but it like i'm making a documentary about being half white half filipino so i can't just neglect the white side yeah i mean yeah if you're gonna interview people in the philippines too exactly then and so it's that gonna, makes sense i think i'm gonna interview grandma and grandpa and i'm just trying to make it one trip so grandma and grandpa and then bert and kimmy because bert is white but married, married an immigrant woman yeah. and then kimmy is mixed and she's old enough to For talk. Real, put Kimmy in it, yeah. But then Amberly was just over. Yeah, I heard all about that. And they were great. Like Amberly was real cool. So old. Oh my god. Yeah. I had not seen her since she was like. I mean, I cannot picture her in my head as like. No. A grown person. No, and I think I saw her last time when she was. It was grandpa, grandma, and grandma's reunion. So that was yeah. That was after eighth that. grade. So that was. Six and a half years ago, almost seven years ago. Shit. Yeah. And she is 15 now. She was eight years old. Yeah. Damn. But I talked to her and she could, I mean, she can talk. She's a real person <laughs> now. Um, no way. So I get her if she's over there, but I don't want to make another trip. But I'm going to have to do that soon, too. But I'll be interested to see what they say about stuff. God. Because one thing I, I want to ask them is like, like, do you see me as Filipino? Yeah. Do you see me as white? You got to ask them how they felt about dad. I really want to know that. That was one thing I was going to yeah. ask. Because especially because mom's there. I mean, not technically. <laughs> but like in the, yeah. in the circle is the oldest daughter. And the oldest daughter then is dating a, an immigrant yeah. brown guy. So how did they feel about that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I think the camera will be able to, even if they bullshit it, the camera will be able to see through it. Yeah. So we'll see. And I don't want to just paint it all in a bad light. But I am interested. Yeah. Like, how do they see me? What do they even know about me? You know? Oh, God. What? Like, if they had to explain me to their cousin, what do they say? Because I have have no no idea. idea. And I'm going to ask the same question to, like, Lola. What do you know about me? Oh, God. (laughs) She would know, like, nothing. No. But I remember, like, certain things she didn't remember. Because whenever I went over there, she was like, she didn't want me to stand up and play around too long because of my heart problems. It's like adorable. she That's knew cute. certain things. Yeah. So I wonder like what type of things she's latched onto. And mm-hmm. at this point when she's 97, 98 years old, there's probably only a couple that she can really remember or cling well, yeah. to. Dad, last time I went there, he was happy that she remembered him. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if anything really comes up. Anything specific. Yeah. About you. But it might still be the hard thing. Like if she remembered that. You Maybe. Know? Yeah. And that was, God damn, that was over 10 years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, well, let's wrap this thing up. Well, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a good one. And I'm excited to see your paper. I'm excited to get you on the documentary this weekend. I'll film your sit down and then one with the whole fam. Um, But I'm not going to spoil what it is. Um, But yeah, thank you, everybody, for watching or listening, however you consume this. Um, Stay tuned for the for the documentary at Bahala non documentary on Instagram. Um, 
I'm really proud of it so far. And I'm really working hard. It's something I'm really passionate about. And I'm excited to share with everybody all of these kind of conversations that we're doing on this podcast, not even just with Jay, or with Ed, but all the stuff about growing up and coming to terms with your own identity is something that's going to be present in this movie. And so it's something that I really, really, really can't wait to share with everybody else. But for now, hope you have a great day. Um, I hope if you total your car that you get great insurance money and get a new one. Um, <laughs> great. And yeah, see you next time.